back to On the Block with Strick and Nate on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome back to On the Block 93.7 The Ticket. My name is Nate Brennan, officially back from Hokie Land. Eric Strickland, he didn't go anywhere, and he's still here. The nine-year NBA vet, Husker Hall of Famer. 402-464-5685. That's the Honda Lincoln Hotline. Also, the Starter Heyman Text Line. We want to hear from you, especially this segment, because we're going to break down some more of Nebraska versus Purdue. A very fascinating game. Some key takeaways. We'll get some of Strick's thoughts here in a second. Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter. You can check us out on all those platforms. See what's going on here in studio. Head over to YouTube. Give us a like. Give us a subscribe. Our mission, our quest, for lack of better words, is now 3,000. So we're going for 3,000 subscribers. We appreciate every single one of you for helping us get to 2,000. But we will keep it going. Strick, as always, we are brought to you by Mary Ellen's. I have not been to Mary Ellen's in a while. And I was thinking about on my plane ride back, I think I might go to Mary Ellen's this week. I think I need to head back over that way. Check out Charles. You need to get out there. I got to talk to him about the Giants, too, because he's a big Giants fan. They're doing well this year. (laughs) Listen, they're playing some great football. They were were my sneak sneaker or Cinderella or whatever you want to call it. They were the team that I was kind of watching. You could tell just some of the offseason moves that they had made uh, that, you know, if they can have a – taking over as head coach, too. If they can have a healthy, you know – What's what's my running back guy? Saquon. Saquon. Saquon, Saquon Barkley out of Penn State. They could have had a healthy Saquon, and and you know just all Jones has to do is manage the team. You know what I mean? Um, do what Eli did for years. Basically, just manage. Just manage the game. You don't have to do nothing spectacular or special. And uh, he's doing that. I mean, Saquon is such a gifted running back and his abilities. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got them playing great ball. But, shoot, talk about them, Philly. Philly's playing some great ball right mm-hmm. now as well. Their defense is phenomenal. Uh, Jalen Hurts is doing exactly that, he's just taking care of things, not turning the ball right. over, just making sure he's hitting them, making the right uh, the right, right reads. Um, so he's doing a phenomenal job for them. Kudos to them, man. All of us thought that the East would just be solid. It's but the NFC beast it's the best, now. It's the, no, best, it's, the it's best one right now. The best now division in football. And, and we'll get into all that, too, because it's an interesting situation when we talk about the NFC East because the Cowboys are not going to have a decision to make. It, it might be an easier decision. It might not. We'll break all that down in the second hour uh, because, again, the NFC East now is is loaded. And we, we talk about the Cowboys and how great they started their season. As of right now, they're the third in the division. So it's it's very interesting to see the NFC East go from one of the worst divisions historically in football just a couple of years ago to now the best division in football. Very fascinating there. Again, 402-464-5685, Honda, Lincoln Hotline, Starter Heyman, Text Line. So, Strick, I was over in Blacksburg, of course. So I, I watched Virginia Tech fall to Miami, which I hate losing to probably no team more than I hate losing to Miami. So I was distraught. I was upset. I was focused on Tennessee, Alabama too. So I didn't get, I, I was watching the Nebraska Purdue game on my phone. I saw them go down 17, nothing early. And the next thing I know, Nebraska's back in it, had a chance to to take the lead there a couple points during the game. I, I just want to get some of your thoughts. I know you guys definitely broke it down yesterday, but it's one of those games that I think you can look at it two ways. You can look at it disappointed because Purdue, a solid football team, now the first team not ranked in the AP poll, so sitting at 26th. There's a lot to take away from the situation, but I also think there's positive because you you saw a team that 
went down 17-0 early, showed resilience, showed grit, determination. Trey Palmer sets a school record for receiving yards in a game. I think there's positive, but like we talked about on the crossover, I think the most frustrating point of this this conversation is if you had an offensive line that just, like you said, played average. Average. You, I think you would be sitting at a completely different position here right now because mm-hmm. you have, you obviously have the skill players. Your your head coach is, I don't know if he's the guy, but he's done something in that locker room because the old Nebraska that I knew probably wouldn't have been in that game. Yeah. And here we are, and it's just another situation where you lose by one score. It's a little bit frustrating, all that. I think there's positives to take away. I think there's negatives. I want to know some of your biggest takeaways from this one. Biggest takeaway is that they've they've got to they've got to recruit their tail off, especially at the line position. They've got to they've got to find it either internally or somewhere right. externally. They they've got to they've got to do something there. Um, defensively, losing you know the linebackers this this week is is going to be something that's pretty tough. Yeah, um, they're already having problems there. Um, there was not a lot of activity out of that. They're kind of either thinning out or there's still some uncertainty at the cornerback position. I think their safeties are solid. Um, you know, I, I, I still think they've got, they've still got work to do. I mean, you can tell they're working. Uh, maybe they're just not good enough right now. You know, I, I, it's one of those crazy dynamics. It's just, you can't really put a finger on it. I mean, you can put a finger on the areas of deficiency, but you can't, you can't really say that, they're all correctable in season. I mean, this 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 seems like this is going to be an off season work. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if we can if if we continue to play like that. I, I think we're going to have trouble. And when you look at it, Nate, these next games are against some of the best yeah. running backs that you're going in to in the face country in the country. And when you've given Devin Maccabi who is a walk-on running back. He, I mean, kudos to him. 30 carries for 178 yards. That that's, Purdue has struggled on the ground. On the season. ground. It's yeah. like if it, it seems like everybody becomes a Heisman <laughs> candidate against <laughs> us for some reason. And, and right. that is a major problem with, you know, still you got Quorum to face. You, you still got to face Ibrahim. You still, I mean, listen, and, and, and they're watching film. They're watching film. They're seeing what they're going to be able to accomplish on the run game. And if we can't get there, we can't get pressure, we can't clog gaps uh, with multiple guys. I mean, it's like they just stopped. It just, they went into bend but don't break mode, and they were breaking on third down longs. And, you know, you do things early, and you, you just can't secure the ball. And that's a problem. That's something that they've got to work on. I don't know if it's if it's – if it's a Sauter Hammond text line, do you think this is a fixable thing? 402-464-5685. Do you think this is something that's fixable in this year? Or is it something that we're going to have to wait another year or two in order to really uh, tie it in? But it's got to be a focal point. It's got to be a focal point. And I think what's so interesting, Strick, and I want to get your thoughts on this too, because we talked about the transfer portal and some of the biggest additions and how it's going to look a little bit different. The Michigan State way of doing things where you completely revamp your offense and defense, you get all the transfers in, they all hit, you, you go to the Peach Bowl, it all works out perfectly. The, I think more realistically when it comes to the transfer portal is what Nebraska's in right now. You have your Casey Thompsons, your Anthony Grants, your Trey Palmers. You have guys that will hit. 
And Trey Palmer has now shown that he's one of the best receivers in the country. I think that if he were to leave after this season to go to the NFL draft, that'd probably make a lot of sense for him because I don't know how much more higher his stock is going to rise. But on the flip side of that, what did we talk about all offseason? The defensive line. You just reload from the transfer portal. And like you just said, Strick, the defensive line, especially against Purdue, who hasn't ran the ball all season, looked lost out there at times. So you can have you can have it both ways, and and the transfer portal is great in senses, but you can't entirely do it from the transfer portal because when you do, and Nebraska has shown that's kind of the route that they took going into this offseason, you're going to have guys that hit. You have had guys that hit, but they're not all going to. Yeah, they're not, and yeah. that's why I just think the development and the getting guys and the regional recruiting that yeah. you talked about is so important because you can fill gaps in the transfer portal. Nebraska's done that. You can't just restructure your entire team. No, no, you can't. And 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 that's the thing. I, we talked about a little bit earlier in the season. We talked about that. And 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 one of the things we talked about was when you pull that many people, what upwards of eighteen people out of the transfer that's portal. A lot. Um, it's one thing that's that's tough to do is chemistry. It's tough to mesh a large group of individuals coming from other programs, other ways of doing things, yeah. hearing other coaching styles, uh, techniques, terminology, all of these things you have to try to bind together in such a short period of time. It makes it very difficult uh, to do. Now, some have had luck. Mel Tucker had good luck. Uh, in, it seemed like that. all of his transfers. You did. know what I mean? Yeah. Some, and that's the thing. It's like hitting the lottery, bro. You throw your, you throw your, your hand in the mix. You go out there and get your ticket, and you hope that, uh, you know, you you see something that kind of fits your character of your team, what you're trying to build. And again, that's the difference in what we're seeing now is uh, they. Some of them came on frost. That it seems like there's a different uh, chemistry or a different makeup internally on the on the Husker uh, inside now than it was prior to. And and so maybe those voices will begin to shape up and change. But I, I, I say this, as a basketball player um, who also played football and understand the game, yeah. um, one of the things that that is, is, is also tough to do is to become who you want to be in season. Usually that stuff happens in the off season. Usually your greatest increase, your development, your additions to your bag or your additions to your skill set, they come in the off season. You know, all the all in season stuff is just tune up. It's just basically honing in on what you do well. Right. You know what I mean? You're increasing different things. Like you're not gonna come in trying a spin move. Um, that you haven't perfected if you're a defensive end. You know what I mean? You're not, you know, different rip moves or different things. They're tough to do in 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 game as opposed to working at it on the offseason. It's the same thing in basketball. So, you know, I don't I'm not gonna come in trying, you know, a, a certain in and out move that I haven't worked on or perfected or seen in action. I'm not going to do that. And you don't have enough time in practice to do those things. And so that's probably where they're at right now. Let me ask you this, because Jason brings up a good point. He says, not till we get a new strength coach. Duvall isn't getting it done. We get manhandled in the trenches and get tossed away when we try to tackle. Uh, some of these kids aren't strong enough. I think that's another thing. You talk about the offseason, Strick, is that from my understanding, and I think you can talk about this too, when you had guys that needed to gain weight, guys that needed to be more physical, guys that needed to get stronger. Maybe there were some guys that needed to lose weight. 
I feel like a lot of that's done in the offseason. Mm-hmm. And, and when you talk about the strength of these players tackling, like getting manhandled in the trenches, a lot of that is strength and size and all that. That's things you can't really fix during the season. Right. You just don't have the time. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have the time. And and then you're changing coaches. So there's a different voice. Um, maybe something that the coaches didn't want you to do. I mean, there's there's certain coaches that like certain players. They have a different eye for certain players. And that's where I go back to what I said in the crossover is that, you know, as you're putting your eyes on certain guys, um, there are certain guys that fit for certain areas and maybe could be a better fit in another area, right, that could be beneficial to the betterment of the team or the chemistry or, or the group. Um, and, and I talked about it with Cam Jurgens. You know, Cam Jurgens uh, great feet, great, great, you know, quickness. Super athletic. Athletic, yeah. ad- agile, you know, all of those things. And you put him – and then you put his cerebral – uh, the part of his game into one of the better parts of of the offense, which is the offensive line. A guy who can see, make, understand, um, you know, line setups or fronts and all these things, and you're making adjustments and you're you're changing, uh, uh, you, you know, you're shifting movements or whatever the things may be on the line. Those things are important, and sometimes finding those type of guys is just something that can help the team in some way or another. Do you think then, when we look at this offensive line, what is the solution? Is it just mixing up personnel? Because that that's the thing is, if Nebraska wants to be successful for the rest of the season, when I talk about success, I'm talking about you still have a legitimate chance of making it to six wins. You look at Minnesota, they lose Tanner Morgan for the whole season. Wisconsin, Iowa, both having down years. There is still a path to do that. But when you get into the thick of the Big Ten schedule, especially the Big Ten West, we always talk about, you have to have good line play. No question. So, so what's the solution? Is it just changing up personnel, like trying to get five guys that mesh well on the field? Because I don't know. Because it, until the offensive line is fixed in the Big Ten West, I, I think that's going to be your biggest issue. I, I think until you also get mad. Yeah. Just get just, – listen, you've got to get to a point where you're like, I'm tired of this guy beating me. I'm tired of taking these L's. I'm tired that my numbers, whether it be on pressures or whether it be on sacks, are adding up. I'm tired of guys just beating me off the ball. Look, it's not only got to be individual where you look internally at yourself, but you also got to look collectively down that line and say, yo, we're sick and tired of everybody talking about us. We're sick and tired of everybody saying that we're not sufficient enough. We're sick. It's it's, It's a mental game. It really is. You've got to get sick and tired. Like it was like, it was like they were sacking Casey, and it was just like, oh, okay, it's just it was like another thing. No, bump that. <laughs> yeah. You know, don't. I mean, if I'm Casey, I'm like, don't pick me up. Freaking keep me from getting on the ground. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, that's that's kind of the a- attitude I would have. Right. It's like, no, don't come pick me up. You keep me from getting here. You know, in the first place. And I think that's where it's got to come down to, man. There's not enough guys that are mad about it. You know what I mean, and, and and as a coach, you can only say so much. Sooner or later, you got to look at yourself. Yeah. You got to look at yourself and say, "Man, how can I make a better impact?" You know, what can I do? You know what I mean? How can I? I mean, guys, when we used to see in the past, they were pancaking guys, and they were proud of it. You know what I mean? It's right. like now, there's no pride. In angry, it. yeah, angry, yeah, angry, and physical. Texter says, "Amen." He's right there with you, Strick, but. 
I think, if anything else, the bye week, it makes you feel a little bit better, right? I mean, I, I guess it has to. Because after a performance like that against Purdue, I think that was just kind of the, the breaking point, at least for the fan base, is that, that like that something needs to change. I don't know what it is. Something needs to change. Maybe the bye week can help that out. You have a ranked team in Illinois coming into it's town. It's going to be an exciting so thing, man. Get up, bro. Time. Right, Let's right. go. That's that's good. I mean, hopefully they can do that because, listen, I watched the Illinois game, and them cats were getting after physical. it. They're physical. They're getting after it. And, and if Nebraska doesn't come prepared, listen, you know, I love Nebraska. I bleed red till I die. But at the end of the day, look, Illinois is coming in here hungry. And if you're not hungry and you're ready to sit down at the table and cut some meat and eat, then you're, you, it's going to be an ugly day. You play physical. You got to play it's physical, especially day. at home, too. And 2.30 game, by the way, for that that officially came out yesterday. 2.30 game against Illinois. So definitely going to be uh, talking about that. But we got to take a quick break. Shootout with Strick is next. Your chance to win $15 to Buffalo Wings and Rings. All you got to call, all you got to do is call 402-464-5685. We'll play to win the game right after this.